Appreciate that. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Psalm chapter number 63. And as you're turning there, just a couple of announcements I want to make that, uh, that we're kind of missed, missed there. Uh, one is the No Shave November. We will be, after church tonight, we'll be meeting with everyone that was participating in that. We have, uh, we'll figure out a winner. Uh, how do you determine a winner? I don't know, but we'll, we'll figure that out. And uh, we have a couple little prizes for that. Uh, that'll be after church this evening. And then I, I don't... I, I, I was a little occupied during the announcement, so if this was already announced, forgive me, because I might have missed this. But uh, uh, the building fund commitment, you should have got a letter from me with a building co commitment slip in it. And uh, if you did not, there are some back on the back. And uh, there's also letters back there that looks like this. So I was digging through all these papers. I keep one up here. Uh, just a yellow slip of paper or card stock, rather, and, uh, and you can put down a building commitment. I'd ask you to pray about your building commitment uh, for this year, we do that every December. And then in addition to that, also we're, we're um, looking to raise a Christmas offering. So if you want to give something for Christmas uh, to the church, everything that's given uh, in the Christmas offering, you can just mark it on the thing or get a special envelope in the back. Uh, we will apply that to the, the principle of our loan. And so we're trying to reduce our overall debt with all of that. And, uh, and so if you want to help with that, that would greatly be appreciated. And then let me just mention as well, on the back table, there's Christmas tracks. And uh, during the Christmas season is one of the easiest times to witness because Jesus is the reason for the season. And, uh, and we need to remind people of that. And so uh, get one of those Christmas tracks. There's all kinds back there. And, uh, you know, they're red and they are, they're different ones and they, they kind of stand out and they're just easy uh, to give out during Christmas time. You're doing more shopping, you're more exposed to people, and it's a wonderful opportunity to get the gospel uh, to the people that we rub shoulders with. And so I want to encourage you to do that uh, all throughout the week. And, uh, and be sure to get some every Sunday, you know, and, and be supplied and, uh, and do that. That'll be a wonderful witness for the Lord, all right? Uh, Psalm chapter number 63, and I want to preach this morning on dependency on God, dependency on God. The Bible says here in Psalm 63, in verse number one, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Let's stop there and let's pray. Father, we thank you just for your goodness to us. We thank you for the privilege that we have to be in your house this morning. And God, I pray that you'd use me. God, I pray that you would speak through me. God, I pray that you would touch hearts as only you can. Father, I pray that you would um, encourage and strengthen every believer, Father, that listens and those who do not know you. God, I pray that you would speak to their heart about their need for salvation. And God, will certainly thank you for that. God, we ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we think about dependency and dependency upon God, uh, a dependent is someone who relies on another person to meet their needs. And when we think of that, we often immediately think of a child. Uh, we think of a baby, especially a baby is highly dependent and reliant on uh, its parents to meet its needs. If you don't feed that child, it's going to die. 
Uh, it's not capable of feeding itself. Uh, if you don't wash that child, if you don't take care of that child, if you don't clothe that child and, and, and take care of it, uh, then it's not going to do well. It's, it's dependent on someone caring for that. And as your children get older, of course, they become less dependent. And I know when you have babies, you know, of course, they're precious and, 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 and all of that. Uh, but honestly, as a parent, as a father, probably more than so than a mother, man, I was like, man, I, I, will, I look forward to the day that my kids can grab a spoon and feed themselves. And uh, that was a big step. And I was glad. Of course, I wasn't glad when they learned they could fling food, but uh, uh, I was glad when they, they figured out how to get it in their mouth. And, uh, and then child starts to walk, you know, and, and they get on their own. And you're like, praise the Lord, I don't have to carry them around everywhere. And, and uh, then you realize, well, they're running everywhere and you got to restrain them and keep them in, in check. But, uh, uh, but they, they grow independent as they get older. And, and eventually uh, they're going to hit a day when they'll move out of your house and, uh, and they're no longer dependent upon you. And uh, as, a, as a person and as a uh, raising children and as a parent, you know, that's the natural course and that's a good uh, course of things. Uh, however, sometimes in our Christian life, uh, you know, we grow independent of God and that's not a good thing. Uh, we, we tend to think, well, I can do things on my own. It's a natural progression that we spend our whole life doing. And so uh, after we get saved, boy, we're really dependent upon God. But as we get spiritually mature and older, we almost hit a point where we think, well, we can do without God. And we need to realize and recognize that we cannot do without God. We don't want to become independent of God. We want to remain dependent upon God. And so it's, a, it's, it's uh, different than the natural role of a child. And we need to be careful of that. And oftentimes hardships show us our need and our dependence upon God. Uh, and, and in this psalm, David is running from his, for his life. Uh, probably it is from the time when Absalom tried to take over the kingdom and David had been a king and he was in his older age and he had to actually flee from Jerusalem. And if you look there in the, note, in the top part of your Bible, right under 63, it may say something like this, a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. And he was fleeing from Absalom. That wilderness of Judah is outside of Jerusalem and, and where he would have been fleeing uh, from Absalom. And, uh, and it was that hardship that helped him to realize, even though he was king of Israel, that he was dependent upon God. And sometimes hardships, most times hardships, they ought to expose all of our weakness and our folly, and our need for God in our life. We find here in Psalm 63, David says in his opening verse, O God, Thou art my God. Listen, we need to be, and he says in the next phrase, Early will I seek Thee. We ought to, we ought to be seeking after God. I want you to notice his first phrase because he says, Thou art my God. Uh, listen, that speaks very clearly to salvation. 
And David, uh, even from a young child, had taken God and said, hey, this is my God. And uh, even when he was watching those flocks and, and, and he grew dependent upon God from his youth. And my question is, as we read that phrase, when David said, thou art my God, my question to you would be, do you know God and is he your personal God? Because that's an important thing. Uh, you cannot really seek after God if He is not your God. You cannot, you cannot uh, spend the time uh, without personally knowing who God is. Uh, listen, that comes from a relationship with Him. And the Bible says in Titus 1.16, They profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. Listen, sometimes some people, they say, well, I, I, I know who God is. Listen, I didn't ask if you know who God is. I asked, do you know God? Can you claim Him as your God, like David did. He said, thou art my God. It was a personal relationship that David had established with God. And listen, you need to know God and you need to have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ in your life. I grew up in a Christian home. And I've said many times, I am grateful, thank God, that I grew up in a Christian home. That's a blessing to me. And I'm very grateful. But listen, at some point in my life, just growing up in a Christian home did not automatically make me a Christian. I had to come to the place in my life where I personally called on the Lord Jesus Christ to be my personal Savior. And I did that. I thank God for that. And he became my God, and now I can claim him. Hey, that's my God. Uh, and listen, you may be in church, and you may do good works, and you may do many things, but if you've never claimed God, if you've never called on God for salvation, then listen, he's not your God. And you need to make sure that he's your God. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He wants to give us salvation. Thank God for that. I'm grateful that he, he does that. And it goes on in Romans 10, 13, and it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So the first thing to seeking God is, hey, listen, you've got to establish a relationship with him. You've got to call upon him for salvation. And certainly David proclaims that very boldly in the beginning. He says, thou art my God. In other words, he had a personal relationship with God in his life. And we ought to have that personal relationship. But I want you to notice this as well. Not only does he say, thou art my God, but he says, early will I seek thee. You look at that and, and I, I, as I read these verses, I want you to notice that there is a dutiful seeking. In other words... Hey, we have a responsibility as Christians to seek God. We ought to be looking for God. 
Uh, David looked for God. Uh, I think David in his youth, I mean, we know that, looked for God and he said, early will I seek thee. I think that's twofold. One, in his days of his youth. Hey, listen, it's a good time. Hey, young people, listen to me. Now is a good time to start looking for God in your life. Don't wait until you get older. Matter of fact, the Bible warns us of that. It says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in that. Hey, now's a good time to establish a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and get saved, but only just get saved. Hey, take an interest in seeking after God and knowing who He is. Early will I seek thee. I think David was talking about, number one, from his youth, but I think also in the morning every day David would just seek the Lord. And he says that many times, not just in the morning, but at night, David would seek the Lord all times of day. But listen, there's something to be said for starting your morning with the Lord and saying, hey, listen, uh, Lord, I want to serve you with just uh, even a prayer and, and, and spend some time reading the Bible. And, and I know some people read it better at night. Some people read it better in the morning. Uh, and listen, if, if you don't read it very well in the morning and you read it better at night, then just wake up and maybe read a couple verses just to kick you your day off with God on the forefront of your mind. And then you get to the end of the day, then read your Bible reading. But I'm saying early, start your day with God. Start your morning thinking about God. Start your day praying and asking God, what wilt thou have me to do today? And how should I live my life? We ought to be seeking after God. We know that. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of, his, of God, and all these things, and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Uh, listen, uh, we've heard that before. Uh, the, the, from this pulpit, uh, you know, I preach, hey, seek the Lord. And it's been taught by your Sunday school teacher, seek the Lord. And, and maybe if your parents are, are Christians, they say, seek the Lord. And, and, and listen, we know that God's Word says, seek the Lord. It says in Isaiah, I quoted it this morning for the adult Sunday school class, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. And we ought to seek the Lord. It's a biblical command. But listen, we ought not just do it out of duty. My parent, my dad, specifically my dad, when I was working uh, with my dad, he would be fixing the car and I would have to help him. And, and I, my job in helping my dad, I had a title. It was called gopher. I would go for this and go for that. And he'd say, go get my extension cord out of the garage. I had to go for that. He said, go get my tools over here, and I had to go for that. And sometimes there were times when, uh, when my dad would send me for something, and, and I could not find it. And I'd come back to him, and I'm, I'm like, I don't, I don't know where it is. He's like, well, go find it. And so as an obedient young person, you know what I did? I went and looked for it. I went to the garage. Here's how I looked. Kicked some things around. Maybe over here. I don't see it. I didn't invest a lot. I, I just, I did it because I was obedient. My dad told me to go look, so I did. I went and I looked. I mean, I used my eyes everywhere, every little nook and cranny that my eyes could see. I looked around, but I just didn't happen to see it laying out anywhere. And, and I'd go back to my dad, and I remember my dad getting frustrated. And, I rem and then as a parent, boy, I felt the same thing. 
You know, I mean, send my kids to go do something, and I, I don't know where it is. And you have to go, and, and you go in there, and, and sure enough, you move two things, and it's right there, you know. And uh, as a parent, you know what that's like. But why? Because they do it out of a sense of duty. Listen, a lot of Christians will live their life, and they will seek the Lord out of a sense of duty, and they will come to church out of a sense of duty, because after all, it's what God expects of them. It's what their pastor preaches. It's what the teacher teaches and out of a sense of duty they will do everything that is asked of them David said early will I seek the Lord but he goes on and he goes a step further and we see dutiful seeking but I want you to notice the next thing uh, as we look there in verse number one he says my soul thirsteth for thee. He starts off saying, uh, will I seek for thee? It's a dutiful search that he would seek after the Lord. But the second thing he says in, in that phrase, he says, my soul thirsteth for thee. I thought of the illustration of water. You know, uh, many times we're told, hey, you should drink water. It's healthy. And, and, and who likes to drink water? I mean, there's no taste to it. It's bland. It's boring. And you want something with taste, you want something with flavor, you know. And, and so you, you maybe you drink water just out of an obligation because after all, that's what everyone tells you to do and it's healthy. So you drink it. But I tell you what, if you've ever been working out in the, uh, the hot weather or maybe you've been running, I used to jog quite a bit in, in Italy and, and Peru, and, and uh, maybe you've been you know, playing sports or doing something that's very, uh, that requires a lot of physical. And, and man, when you're done, you're like, man, where is that? Nobody's telling you, go drink water. It's healthy. You're like, man, where's that water? I'm thirsty. I need something to wet my whistle. And, and all of a sudden, man, you're looking and you have a desire. David said here in the second phrase, he said in the first phrase that he was seeking, but it seems like it was a dutiful search for the reasons that he was seeking. But his second phrase, he says, my soul thirsteth for thee. And all of a sudden, it's no longer just out of obedience because he knows it's healthy and he knows it's the right thing to do to follow all of those things. But rather he says, hey, my soul has a desire to drink from the springs of living water. Hey, I want, I thirst after God. And he's saying, hey, I desire uh, to have uh, something from God. And, and, and listen, it's just not of, out of obedience, uh, but it, there's a desire there. And maybe that fits you this morning that you would say, hey, well, I know that I ought to seek God and I am seeking God. But truly, man, I desire to be here uh, on Sunday morning because I tell you what, uh, it blesses my soul. And, and, and boy, I get thirsty all week long. And, and boy, I need the fellowship with the people of God and I long to hear the preaching of the word of God and sing the praises to God and, and all of that and, and that's certainly a good thing to have that desire you ought to have that desire and if you don't have that desire maybe you, maybe you need to go back and, and just say what's going on you know why, uh, why am I not thirsting why am I not longing after God David was thirsting after God but he goes a step further, and I see there the next phrase. Look at what he says. Uh, my flesh 
longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. That desert, that wilderness that David was in as he fled out of Jerusalem. Listen, it is a barren, dry place. It's not the same as the, the wilderness of Engedi, where, where David was fleeing from uh, Saul. That, that one had a spring, it had a, a nice river, it had a, a nice place and, and lots of water and he could drink freely. And, and I'm not saying life was easy, but I'm saying it was a whole lot easier than being in the desert of Judah where, where it was dry and it was parched and there was no rain and there was no water and there was a lot of dust. And David says, he describes it is this way. He said, my soul uh, or my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. And listen, what David is describing is not just merely a desire because he, is, uh, he needs a drink of water, but rather he's describing the necessity of water in his life and how he needs it every single day uh, as he goes throughout his life. He longs for thee, that would be God, in a dry and thirsty land. Listen, I don't have to tell you that this world is barren. They don't have the answers. Well, you turn on the news and you flip through and you know what they do? They'll tell you all the problems, but they don't give you any solutions. And all the, the, the politicians, listen, they'll tell you all of this. Can I tell you something? Honestly, they don't have the answers. Because the answers is not in this system or that system or this, uh, this program or that program. The answer for all of the world's problems come from God. Because man is a sinner and man needs to repent and get saved and trust the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That will change all the problems. That will make a difference. And all of the programs that you could do and all the education that you can give, if it's, if it's denying God and ignoring God, it is not the answer. God has the answer. Matter of fact, Paul said it this way. Uh, he said it the last part of Timothy. Uh, Timothy 3.15, he said, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. In other words, hey, that the church preaching the word of God has the truth for the world and what it needs and the answers to its problems. And that is Jesus Christ, that he will change man, that he will change their life and that he will make them better. This world is a dry and barren land without any fruit. And listen, David said, I long, my flesh longeth for thee. We get down to where it's not just a weekly thing, but it is a daily thing where David is saying, hey, I need God every day in my life. We've used the illustration of water. Water is a good illustration because you do need water every single day in your life. But listen, we need God every day in our life. Listen, you ought not be able to go a single day without uh, opening your Bible and reading and praying and, and, con and, and, and communicating with God. We ought to be dependent upon God. And what David is describing is a dependency, not a dutiful seeking. Uh, yes, there is a desire and there should be a desire, but a dependency that says, I 
need the Lord Jesus Christ every day in my life. That's what David is describing. He, John, Jesus said it this way in John chapter 4 and verse number 14 when he was talking with that woman at the well and she said, uh, and she came to the well to draw out water and, and, and he said, uh, he said, will you give me water? And she said, yes. And, and he said, if you knew who talked to you, you'd be asking me for water. And she said, you don't even have a bucket. You don't have a rope. How are you going to get water? And Jesus responded this way. He said, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Hey, we ought to be seeking God because not out of obedience because God says seek ye first the kingdom of God, not out of obedience because the pastor says seek ye first the kingdom of God, but out of a desire that says, you know what? I have an interest in finding this. I have an interest in knowing who God is. But not only just that desire, but out of a dependency saying, man, I cannot get throughout a day without the Lord Jesus Christ being in my thoughts, being in my prayers, and reading His Word and saying, boy, it's like manna from heaven that I have to feed my spiritual soul, that I have to drink from the well of living water, that I have to have that communication with the King of kings and Lord of lords in my life and a desire that is dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ. We see the seeking of David. I want you to notice this in verse number two. Not only is he seeking, we see the dutiful, the, uh, the desire, and then the dependency that is laid out for us there in verse number one. But I want you to see God. Look at what he says there. Look at what he says in verse, let's read verse number one again. He says, O God, thou art my God. I hope he's your God today. Early will I seek thee. I hope you're seeking him. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Then he says, to see thy power and thy glory. Listen, we are long for God to see his power and his praise. That would be glory in our life. David needed to see God's power. As David, I want you to picture David fleeing from Jerusalem. And, and, and he's going away. Why? Because his son is trying to take over the kingdom. And all of a sudden, David realizes, man, I need God's strength. I need God's strength, number one, to sustain me in the wilderness. Because it was David it was advanced in age. He was not this young man that he used to be. He was not, the, uh, he was not in En Gedi like he used to be where there was abundance of water. But he was in a dry desert place and, uh, and, and there wasn't really much water there. And, and, and yet he was uh, fleeing for his life and he just took a handful of people with him that would go with him. And all of a sudden he's realizing, man, do I need God's power to sustain me. In this wilderness. But listen, he needed God's power to protect him from the enemies. Listen, we need God's power to sustain us in this world and then to protect us 
in this world. There's evil out there. There's wickedness out there. The Bible tells us that, they, uh, that, that wickedness hunts really for the precious life. It talks about that in the book of Proverbs and it desires to destroy our life. And the Bible describes it in, in Peter as a, as a lion that walketh about seeking whom he may de devour. And we certainly need God's protection every day in our life. David said, I desire or I seek thee. Why? To see thy power. Boy, we need power in our lives. You can get powerless when you get away from God. Listen, we need to seek God for his power. But then he doesn't just say power. He also says, and thy glory. That glory is praising God. Listen, there's something about praising God. It, it'll change your life. And listen, we come to church, man, we get these hymnals, praise the Lord. We sing these songs and, and boy, they're encouraging, they're uplifting and, and we sing them and there shall be showers of blessings and victory in Jesus and glory to God. And now we're singing Christmas songs, Hark the Herald Angels Sing and Silent Night and we sing these things and man, I don't know about you, but when we get together and we're singing, man, I can't do this in my house. Number one, you don't all fit, uh, but number two, we, all our schedules are all messed up, you know, and, and but we come together on Sunday morning and Sunday night, and we're all collectively singing. Man, it blesses my heart to hear other people praising God and singing these songs and, and, and uplifting their voice to praise the Lord. There's something about that. Listen, David's saying, hey, I want to see the glory of God. I want to praise God. I want to see God glorified. I want to see the, the wonderfulness of God. Hey, listen, there's something about good godly music. You ought to have good godly music in your home. There's a contrast between worldly music and good godly music. The other day I was flipping through the radio. I, uh, we were looking for some Christmas music and, and different stations, so we were flipping through to find out what one was this and that. And, and I, I come across one, and I'm like, that's not... That's not, uh, that's not it. And, and, and I was listening just for a second to see, and, and, uh, and it turned out it was a Christian station. <laughs> I had no idea. It did not sound Christian, I can tell you that. The stuff that was coming across the radio. And listen, the world adopts this idea that oh, our music can all be the same as the world. No, no, no. There's godly music and there's not godly music. Godly music makes a difference in your life. It's up, it will help you. It will strengthen you. But worldly music will not. Matter of fact, it will damage you. And you've got to be careful. Uh, listen, you need good godly music that praises God. And it's not just the lyrics. It's a, there's music that goes along with it that is good godly music in the music. And the Bible says this in Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Listen, there's something to be said uh, about putting on music in your house. And just listening to good, godly music. The people we have through here, 
that, uh, that, that sing and they sell CDs. And uh, boy, I encourage you, get their music. Mark Rogers and, and different people, Heartland Baptist College, come through and sell CDs. And, and, and the people that we have in, listen, they're, they're going to have good music that is going to be uplifting, that's going to encourage you, that's going to help you. Put that on in the week. Listen to it. Because God will speak to your heart and He will help you. Through that music, David desired to seek after God. He desired to see His power and he desired to see the glory or uh, the praise of God and the wonderfulness of God. I remember when I went to Peru the first time in 94. And I went down there and I was staying with a missionary. And, and one thing I noticed about this missionary that really honestly impacted my life. I'll tell you two things that really impacted my life. One is he did not have a TV in his house. I thought, wow, that's unique. Two, where the TV would have been, he had a stereo and he played Christian music in his house frequently. And I thought, man, I mean, he just put a song on. And, and I tell you what, as a teenager, I remember that impacted me. I remember thinking, well, that's good. I enjoy that. It was refreshing. You come down and, man, you come through the living room and you hear this good godly music just coming out. And, and what a refreshing, what an impact it made on me. And listen, there's something to be said for praising God. Look with me in the last phrase there, uh, verse number two. He says uh, not only that we should be seeking God, but he wanted to see his power and he wanted to see his praise. But where had he seen all of this before? He says in verse number two, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. See God at church. Listen, I love preaching. I love going to meetings. I love, I don't, I, I love preaching, doing the preaching, but man, I love sitting under the preaching and hearing the word of God. And I enjoy going to services where, where I'm not preaching and, man, I just get to sit there and I get to enjoy and I listen to the preaching and, and I, 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 I watch and, and I listen and I, I see God be glorified. I see God's power working and encouraging other people and I see the praise of God and, and David is saying, hey, I have witnessed this before in thy sanctuary. The sanctuary, David didn't have the temple. You remember that God did not allow him to build the temple. He had the, the, the tabernacle. As a matter of fact, he built another tabernacle because the, the original one uh, had moved away and long story there, but nonetheless David went to the, to the place, the sanctuary was the place where God would move and work. Listen, we ought to see God move and work in our midst. We ought to desire that, that atmosphere in our home and in our life on a day-to-day -day basis. David said, I saw it in the sanctuary. and I wanted it in my own life. And I desired it and I, I longed for it. Why? Because I had seen it. Listen, we come here and we pray and we sing and we open the Word of God and we preach the Word of God and I hope and pray that it blesses and that it works and that God moves and that God touches lives. But listen, it's not a replacement for church, but God will do that for you in your home. If you'll just take the Word of God and you'll say, God, speak to me. 
I need to see your power. I need to see your praise. I need to see your glory. I need to see you move. And God will move. And, and David was saying, as I have seen it, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Listen, if you can go all week and not touch your Bible, not pray, you're not dependent upon God. If you can go several days and not touch your Bible, not pray, you're not dependent on God. Every day you ought to say, man, I, God, I need you today. I need your strength like I saw on Sunday, like I saw on Wednesday, like I saw in the church services. That's the kind of strength. That's the kind of power that I need in my life on Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday. Every day of the week that we would be dependent David desired God. He, his flesh longed for God as in a dry and thirsty land. He needed God. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet, are we dependent upon God with our life? Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for David even penning these words. God, he sought after you. There's no doubt about it. Early in his life as a child, he sought after you. But then he desired to know you even better. But God, he eventually hit the point in his life where he longed and he was dependent upon you to get through every single day of his life. God, sometimes we grow independent of you. And God, we think that in our own strength and in our own flesh, we can accomplish things. And God, we cannot. I pray, Father, that you would help us to realize our need to be dependent upon you. God, that we would long for you as David longed for you. That we would long to see your power and long to see your glory on a daily basis. As we've seen you move and work in church and in different times of our lives. God, I pray that you'd speak to each and every heart. God, if there's one that does not know you as their personal Savior, God, I pray that they would realize that and today God that they would call upon you and that they would know you and that they would be able to say thou art my God and they would establish a relationship with you God I ask all of these things in Jesus precious name I pray amen as this hymn starts to play if God's spoken to your heart the altar's open you can pray there in your seat Do you depend upon God? Do you desire God? Are you seeking God? The truth of the matter is every one of us need God on a daily basis. Hey, young people, now is a great time to seek after the Lord. Before the evil days come, and I would say I have no pleasure in that. 
Seek God in thy youth. Establish a good relationship with God. David established that in his youth. He walked with God. He praised God with his heart, singing praises to God. What a testimony he had. You can have that testimony.